0: Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with head coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started. Hello and
0: welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Cottrell. I'm delighted to welcome to the uh, podcast two guys who work with the star scheme. Work is probably not the right word. Uh, they'll tell us a bit more about that. So I've got uh, Dan Wooler and Christian Lang. So welcome to the podcast, guys. And I'm going to jump straight in and ask each of you to tell tell us a little bit about
1: why you are here today. Okay, Hi, I'll start. I'll go first. So um, yeah, my name is Dan Wooler. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm a live in Bristol. I live just south of um, in the Chew Valley and. Uh, I've been a rugby coach for about 10 years and about two years ago, we were in the process of raising money for our rugby club for the Chi Valley RFC and we um, wanted something really that was a hook for people to, to why, would they, why would they give money to our club? and uh what it what it became about was well we make a difference in the lives of children inside the club and there's one kid in particular a, a child called Daily Daly Noel who um yeah through his involvement in Chew Valley rugby club he's utterly transformed his life he came in at age 11 and uh really it it um his involvement in the club has allowed him to take a whole new different turn in his life and he's now doing a an apprenticeship um, he's um uh, he was inside the Bristol Bears academy for a period of time um and so from that we decided to create a, a scheme that would impact children all over you know from uh, with all rugby clubs all junior rugby clubs so that's why i'm here I, you know, I was one of the people that helped found it um and the club and the the scheme is going from strength to strength and i'm christian
2: lang i've i worked previously worked in uh, primary school education in Bristol for over 20 years and um, in January 2021 um, Dan phoned the school I was working at the time to discuss the idea of uh, running a taster session for something called the star scheme and he explained it as I suppose we can do a bit later on and, and what it was about and I was hooked immediately and uh, I saw and recognized that it was going to make a difference to as many young people as it came into contact with and uh, that's something I'm hugely passionate about. So I've been in from that moment.
0: So for the people who are not familiar with the scheme, what actually happens? I mean, we understand and we'll talk a bit more about it, how it's going to help young people's lives. But what actually happens on the scheme? How do people get involved? What what is the day-to-day?
1: Well, what if I'll do the um like the mechanics of it and then Christian maybe he can speak about the the impact that it has, he's far better qualified to do that than I am. So the mechanics of it are, is that we, um, well, first of all, to say that it's the, uh, the star scheme provides the link between the um, premiership club in in an area. So in our case, it's Bristol Bears, the junior clubs and the schools. And what we do is we go to Bears, we ask them to uh, deliver um, taster sessions, taster programs, actually, at local schools, from which we then have kids who are then interested in playing rugby who go to the, lo- the local club. So we, we appoint a junior club as the star scheme partner. And then in those taster sessions, we also identify children who have had um, either dealing with um, mental health issues, they uh, or specifically They're dealing with adverse childhood experiences. This is something that I know Christian will expand upon, but really they're dealing with things that have happened in their lives and the impact that's had on them. And what STAR is, is we provide the funding and um, the support for the child and their family to have rugby be the mechanism by which they develop resilience in their life and then make a profound difference in their experience of their as live life. And our goal is is to produce leaders in their community to, you know, that we we that's what we're creating with through these children who, who join the scheme.
0: Okay, so just to before Christian jumps in and says a little bit more about that. So the, the initial the starting point is that courses are delivered by the local premiership club within a primary school. And that generates players or potential players who might then join uh, a local club. Now, a primary school may have an obvious feeder club, or it may have three or four feeder clubs. This is um, you're nodding, so this is yeah, that's right. Head yeah. Head. and then from that, there are there are a number of benefits. One is obviously more players into rugby, but then there's this crucial other benefit, which is where the
1: the scheme really starts to kick in. Yeah so yeah so we would coach the coaches at the junior rugby club on how to enge- uh, effectively engage with children who are dealing with multiple aces multiple adverse childhood experiences and then coach the volunteers at the junior club to provide the necessary support for both the child and their family to ensure that they continue to engage with the sport because that continued engagement is critical for them to be able to get the benefit of it, of course.
0: Well, I mean, already this sounds like an enormous amount of uh, people who are involved with, uh, with expertise. So given that this is very a new start, where have you gone to to find these people and
2: how how has it been able to roll out? I think Dan, that what's really key to know, and it will be, um, it will resonate with all the people listening to the podcast is that this already happens in and within grassroots um, junior rugby clubs and rugby clubs in general. This is um, I don't know, I don't know necessarily it is unique to rugby, but it's definitely true of all the rugby clubs we're working with that already is a nurturing environment. Already, the clubs sort of step beyond what would usually be expected to ensure that children have a safe and environment to come and enjoy and play rugby. And what we do by adding the training is sort of explain i suppose in more detail exactly what might be going on neurologically for the children for example and, and, and how that manifests behaviorally we help coaches and volunteers to understand what that looks like and and what potentially what that could mean um, and i suppose more and more importantly much more usefully you know what you can do in that situation when there's something that might be quite challenging to deal with behaviorally or socially for the kids but um what we we say we do is that we add to and formalize what rugby clubs are already doing just to guarantee that in that the story we tell that, that Dan referred to earlier as uh, a uh, daily story, and um, it will be true of all rugby clubs that you'll be able to reflect on as this child who you know has a similar story of, of overcoming adversity. We, we what we're doing is we're making sure that instead of that being one story per year uh, for each age group in the club, that perhaps that's three or four stories or or more for each age group in the club. And that means that across the club then and of all the age groups that are engaged with Star Scheme, that actually we're starting to turn that into tens and twenties, maybe over time, hundreds of children that we're making this story the usual for. Um, what Star Scheme does, and, and, and what rugby clubs are doing, is creating a, it's not therapy, it's not a therapeutic response, but what it is, is it creates, through trusted relationships with adults, it develops resilience, and it creates a, a therapeutic space in which, you know, children are able to, to self-heal, Um, you know the the brain is an elastic thing that wants to get better it wants to heal itself and all that requires is a trusted safe space for that to to happen and rugby and rugby clubs provide that it's it's obviously um chimed in with the 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 well documented and and well-known positive impacts of physical activity on mental health and on well-being Um, and it's so it's a kind of perfect storm of conditions that create a space in which children and their families feel safe, and therefore start to build the resilience, which is going to enable them to overcome the negative impact that Aces are likely to have on their lives.
0: So, a coach who is um, often uh, most of us are uh, dad or mum coaches, uh, finding ourselves in front of uh, players, and you've got some teaching experience like yourself, Christian. You you will have had some formal training, but most have. Um, a couple of hours with the, the national governing body, and then off they go. And this is quite scary to suddenly be asked to do some of the things that you are uh, having to do. So, how are we? How are we helping these coaches to feel more comfortable when they've they've not necessarily been
2: used to working in these environments before? That's a brilliant question, Dan. And I think it's the thing that for all coaches and clubs is is the biggest concern. So. We've got a formal training program we've put together. Uh, three occasions across the um, across the first season that you're involved with Star Scheme, as in, in formal training opportunities, where we'll look at you know what is going on in the attachment world, in the neurosequential world, in the behavioural world for these children, and therefore why is that causing the behaviour manifestations that we're seeing, and what strategies can we use to help us to overcome that. And that program has been successfully rolled out across our pilot scheme at Chew Valley, and has been received really well at the clubs that we're launching with um the second facet of it we it's a line I'm, I'm kind of spoiling some of my excellent material from the training here is that essentially um you have all dealt with those children particularly if you've been coaching for over a week you've dealt with those children and um, we i sort of help i suppose we look at tuning into and uh, making use of um, a, a facility of being a human because we are designed to be in reciprocal relationships. We're designed to reflect each other's behavior. We are designed as a community, and neurologically and, and cognitively, we're still um, in the social development of our brain is still at the point where it was 1500,, 2,000 years ago and probably even more than that, where we were designed to live in larger, multi-generational family groups. We're designed to do this stuff by nature. So we've put the formal training in because having that little bit of knowledge or having the, a, enough knowledge to be feel confident is absolutely key to this. But actually, a lot of the training focuses on the capacity and the strength that already exists in those coaches, and that when they tune into their being human part, actually, the success is there to be had.
0: So, in terms of the detail, the the coach is at, at the club is given. What are you suggesting? What three three training sessions to um, to help them get get to the next stage now? when you were talking obviously you're showing the, the research and the background and there was some quite long words being thrown at us and um, to to back up what you're saying a coach might be thinking watch well, just a moment uh, i've gone in this i've gone into coaching to coach my child and now you're asking me to do this other piece now i'm not suggesting that any coach is going to say well, this is not a good idea but my worry would be their worry that just a moment. I don't want necessarily to necessarily take on this responsibility, uh, even if I think it's a good idea. What happens if it goes wrong? What happens if I say the wrong
2: thing at the wrong time? Yeah, and I think, Dan, that's an, again, that's a totally valid concern. And it is, is a concern that we encounter when we come to the training. I suppose there's nothing to counter that other than engaging in the training and the experience. A lot of the training is based on coaches sharing their experience of children that they work with. It's true to say that every rugby club we've worked with has these children within their club? Within their club, the difference has been, and particularly I sort of reflect on when this all began at Chew Valley, is that when I explained some of the conditions that were, were going on for children and, and environments they were growing into and, and what that looked like, it was like pennies dropping around the room. You could see those light bulb moments with the coaches, like that's why that happens for that child. So this is you know they've normally uh, usually encountered children in in their age groups within those groups who have presented a challenge. I think actually what it starts to do is sort of demystify why that challenge exists. And once you start to gain a bit of an understanding of what, why that perhaps why that challenge may exist, actually the strategies which are necessary and useful and helpful to move through and beyond that behavior and to begin to sort of reshape the child's thinking around that area, perhaps, or that challenge, those strategies and steps usually come from the coach and not from me. I'm able to suggest and, you know, because we all could, but, you know, the three of us sat here now and discussed a child, we would all suggest ideas of things that might work. And the best thing to do is try those things and see if they work and then discuss them some more if they don't. But almost all the solutions come from the the coaches. I think what the, the training hopefully enables people to see is that it just, it just demystifies um and de-escalates that concern and, th- and that fear because you are already doing it is um, is, is true of anyone who's working in, in MJ's rugby. You know, it's true you are already dealing with these children. You already have strategies. You're already clearly doing a brilliant job because after week one, two, three, or four, or in some cases, you know, after seven seasons, you're still doing it. So you've got this. There's something true as well about uh, um, you know, the discipline, routine, and regulation of rugby and that sits in around rugby and the respect model that is integral to rugby has a profound effect on the children of all children and all participants in rugby you know we all can reflect probably happily on a, a, someone from our local club or from our school who perhaps their behaviour outside of the the world of rugby in the field was sometimes uh what's the, you know Questionable. Questionable is a great word, right? <laughs> so maybe you know, we can all reflect on someone. Um, quite often, they played in the front row, right? But you know, we we often can reflect on that person with a questionable moral compass off the field, who actually on the field was able to maintain an acceptable level of discipline um, for quite a, a large amount of time. But actually, could conduct themselves within the rules and within the regulation, and conduct you know conversations with the referee and the opposition and their teammates with the level of respect um, which is expected that has a profound effect on children and um, you know there's a lot to say about children's need and comfort in regulation and routine and consistency and the way that you know rugby is often coached the way that it's regulated the way the game is played provides all of that anyway it provides you already a kind of predetermined framework which the child is happy to exist within so you come as a rugby coach I think probably you 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 come with a bit of an advantage over, for example, a football coach, where the the attitudes and the respect model and the behaviours which are deemed to be acceptable in the, in the elite game are can present challenge when that deciphers down to the, to, the, to children.
0: From a coach's point of view, they're going to be made to be a better coach for the whole group, yeah. And there, it helps you understanding the the, the various. Uh, Oh, not say difficulties but challenges that um all, all their players will face um for a variety of reasons it doesn't necessarily, there's no every child goes through good moments and bad moments and some are unfortunately have worse experiences so we're going to help everybody but inevitably they're going to be ones who are going to really benefit from this and that's a sort of another question as I uh, I've got a feeling that you also are encouraging players to go to rugby clubs who wouldn't have thought about it before. So, there's, exactly there's, there's two questions here, and I think Dan's going to jump in uh, and answer <laughs> one of them.
1: depends which the questions are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, the with well, the first question about the impact on the coaches and their ability to coach um, at a wider level. Um, in that first season in fact in the first half of the first season the feedback from the coaches was um, quite remarkable Um, and I'll cite one particular and someone took the trouble to actually send me an email he said um, at Christmas time he said Dan thank you for um, you know for the training that we've received inside the star scheme he said I'm not only am I better coach he said, I've realised I've become a better dad. Well, you know, <laughs> we were cooked at that point. You know, the impact that that, to think that this might have had on that guy's experience of himself as a father. Well, now, you know, it's, it's important to say that, that we're not saying that you know, that people need coaching on how to be a father, but it is a remarkable side effect of the sorts of training that Christian was describing. This is a whole new language that really we've not engaged with yet inside sport and, and you know, certainly not in rugby at, at a junior level. I'm sure at senior levels, you know, these sorts of conversations are being had. But, um, but so the impacts are far-reaching. And what that, what we're also seeing is then that rippling out to the whole club. So people are having a reason to get involved with and support their local rugby club, to volunteer in the rugby club because the star scheme provides that focus and that's um encouraging and invoking whole new different sort of behaviors that you know rather than worrying about their you know who's their, whether their child's being picked or you know whether they've got new kit or not no 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 the, their interest is in you know can i man the kit in boot exchange for the star kids can i help out by you know doing some drop-offs after training um and that's um yeah that's that's moving for us we've we're we're you know really moved by the impact that it's having
0: you're listening to a rugby coach weekly podcast this is part of the RugbyCoachWeekly.net website if you click on the RugbyCoachWeekly.net link you will find out more about this podcast but also find access to over 3,000 pieces of content covering drills, activities, games, coaching advice and lots more to help you and your team with your rugby and your rugby coaching. So why not pop over to rugbycoachweekly.net to find out more and access all this amazing content. In the meantime, back to the podcast. So the second the second question was um, bringing in players to rugby clubs who wouldn't necessarily have been part of a rugby club, not just any old player, but uh, children who are going to have an enormous uh, benefit from being as part of a rugby club, which is going to have um, a key impact. And you talked about daily right at the start of the Mm. podcast. So just tell us a bit about that
1: part of the star scheme. So, without question, there are um, there are children in parts of or yeah certain you know parts of cities towns um, who wouldn't naturally engage with rugby. There's a particular profile that perhaps people the views they have of of rugby, and because we are focusing on mainly income deprived areas that often goes hand in hand, not always, but often goes hand in hand with, with children who experience multiple ACEs, then you are uncovering a whole new base of talent that perhaps previously you wouldn't have accessed. And so if we look at the um, uh, the, the current children that are in the star scheme, and particularly the older ones who've gone through that process of learning the rules and, and you know becoming really familiar with it, with the game, you know, we've got a number of kids now who are entering the academies that, you know, the premiership academies um, sides and doing really, really well. Um, so in terms of the impact that has on a child to be selected to play um, for an academy side. I know daily when he first went to um, the Bears Academy, he, it, you would have needed a crowbar to prize his Bears shirt off him. You know, he's a pretty big guy, so you wouldn't chance it, right? But uh, really, he's so proud. And that the way that impacts him as an individual, you know, you're compounding it. You know, he's now become, in, this, in his particular case, he's become the poster boy for the star scheme. He was at our dinner last night. He stood up in front of 300 people. Um, recently, he was flown out with Christian to um, to something called Le Loop, which is where they follow around the Tour de France. Um, and on a couple of evenings he did a question-and-answer session, and one evening on his own, right, a 17-year-old boy, you know, there he was in front of 50, 60 people, um, speaking confidently about the impact that rugby's had on his life. Well, that wouldn't have happened. Like, I'm clear that would not have happened without this um, sort of opportunity.
0: So uh, when you get someone who actually... Does very well at playing the game. This this is fantastic, but I'm sure it's going to have an impact on people who aren't necessarily going to be the the Bristol Bear. Um, Gary Townsend, who I'm sure you know, uh, likes to talk about um, creating local heroes, so the, the the club star rather than the international star. So I'm sure that that's going to be an impact on that. So I think Christian, you're going to talk to that.
2: Yeah. Um... It, that rang really true with me. It was, again, it's another thing from the dinner last night. One of the coaches who's worked with us for a while said um, what he's really proud of is, as he himself had been a second and third team player for most of his playing career, that what Starscheme was doing particularly was feeding the clubs with those sorts of clubmen, you know, the, the, the club journeyman, the, the player that's invested in the club, Gets the club how the club works, loves and is an important part of the community of the club, and therefore helps the longevity of the club and helps that club to thrive and grow into the future. And what we say we're going to do at Star Scheme, what we know we're doing, and I think Dan mentioned it earlier, is that we're growing community leaders of the future. You know, we're the children in Star Scheme are going to be capable of being leaders within their own community, be that the rugby club, be that the locality they work in. So yeah it's great and it's incredible to have so many children involved with premiership academies and it's just an an amazing outcome for us to have but it's not the reason that we're doing it and it's not our central purpose um we're we celebrate it and we're super proud of them all and we will always continue to do that but we're equally as proud and we celebrate just as much if not sometimes slightly more you know the children for turning up and being part of it and i think being part of something is what's particularly special about it. So, yeah, we're we're about getting people playing rugby. We're about getting people being physically active and involved in team sport and increasing the number of successful, trusted relationships they have, increasing their family, in inverted commas, in a rugby family group. Because in a podcast that will probably last 10 times as long I can explain to you neurologically why that's going on and and sociologically why that's going on. But we all know, right, you know, we're all parts of groups and teams. We understand innately what that means. That's what we're about. You know, we are proud of those kids in bears and bath shirts. Of course we are. Uh, We're equally as proud of those kids wearing the club shirts each day and day out. And it will be as, as... Gratifying in ten years' time when those kids are rocking out for be it the Colts or even the second or, or the first team at club level, as it will be when undoubtedly at some point in the future we produce an international rugby star. You know they're going to be for us. I think Dan and I. I think I hope. I think I am speaking of both. We'll be overwhelmingly proud of all of both of those situations.
0: Hmm. The coach at Old Rubber Duckians Under Thirteens is listening in and saying, "This sounds fantastic." I mean, first of all, this could actually help my recruitment. I've got. Uh, I've got 13 players. We're up to 15 aside. I need to know five or six players. So there's going to be a selfish uh, part to this, but they're also going to be thinking um, how much is it going to cost me to uh, not cost me, but cost the club to get get this scheme up and running
1: and get us involved? Sure. So um, what what the Star Scheme is um, is offering is we fund all of the training of the coaches and people like christian who provide a, a level of coaching and training which i think isn't you wouldn't normally expect to get within uh, any rugby club let alone a junior rugby club um, and we provide the funding for the uh, transport of the child and the family to and from training or matches now that's that's easily the biggest aspect that needs funding so removing any financial barriers that might get a child there the other um, things that do require funding are kit and food and subs and maybe tour costs but our experience with the with the clubs has been that most of those things can either be absorbed by the clubs because you know the. Funding for for, for a new kit, for example, often, you know, happens by local sponsorship um, or they're just simply willing to to absorb the cost within to the club. Um, So we've not seen that be a barrier yet. Um, And because Star is shouldering the majority of the actual, we call them the cash costs, the things, the salaries and the and the, you know, the invoices for transport, because Star's shouldering that it's not seen as much of a financial barrier for the clubs to engage.
0: Now, I mean, it's a fantastic scheme, and um, I'm sure as uh, people are listening in, you're going to have uh, people on the phone or on the email. Um, You haven't been going for very long. I suppose I'm asking you a bit of a business question. Is it going to be possible to scale up?
1: Unquestionably, the, the scaling up, will be directly linked to the the funding that we can secure now um uh so far we've been um successful in securing a number of different sources of funding there are um some private foundations that have um provided funding there are um yeah i think yeah no it's okay to say that gallagher have have funded the involvement of bar of um sorry bristol bears in the in the bears region so the, the when we talked about those taster days where well, Gallagher are, are funding those as a partnership we've created with the bristol bears um and we are currently in the process of securing some um you know more government-based um, national funding um in order to fund the rollout um but certainly if there are anyone is listening into this and they would like to get involved in you know not just from a from a club and coaching point of view but um are, are, you know they can provide something from a funding perspective you know we'd be delighted to hear from them
0: and it's in bristol at the moment is it wider than this yeah. country
1: well at the moment we so we've um we have 11 clubs in the bristol and uh, somerset region they the um, the rollout in the Worcester Warriors region, which of course you know currently there's a few challenges there, but nevertheless we're you know we are um, rolling it out to three clubs in the Worcester Worcestershire region. Um, that's being funded by Jason Leonard's Atlas Foundation, so he's very generously um, uh, given some money to for us to better do that, and we are uh, anticipating further rollouts there. We we are. Having had a a fantastic um, engagement with Bath Bath Rugby um, and their foundation, we are in the process of raising the funding to better roll it out to clubs in the Bath region. And then following that, it would be to go to Gloucester and then Exeter um, before we roll it outside of those core um, West Country regions. But yeah, for sure, ultimately, um, it'll become a national thing.
0: No, well i mean it's very exciting and uh, anyway i mean I, I knew something about it uh, before i came on this and uh, i'm even more excited about what what you're trying to do and in, in a sense i mean obviously funding is is a barrier what what else do you consider are the barriers at the moment which you want to sort of overcome and you're keen to keen, keen to push to one side because i mean it, in one sense coaching rugby is pretty simple because we see it on the television uh we know what the game roughly looks like and uh there is also there is already a system of organizing fixtures clubs in place you're coming in with something which is new um people i think have got some idea of it but not necessarily any idea of it. where are you gonna have to work a little bit harder perhaps to uh, overcome
1: yeah i think um It's funny because when Christian and I started going out to talk to clubs about this, we would, you know, start explaining it. And then about 20 minutes in people would say, well, hang on a minute, we already do this. So now us, you know, whenever we go and see a a new club, we start with, you already do this. And then we explain what it is. And they, Mm. and, you know, they all nod away because of course, you know, that's accurate. They do. So it's not at all getting the concept of what this is. It's not the desire to expand it, which is, obviously what we're offering sometimes it's just a nervousness that well do we have the infrastructure to support this and what we say is do your launch day engage with your members of your club and the reason we say that is we've had direct experience of that happening you know one there's one case of a club in somerset where you know they were really concerned about the level of volunteers they had And we said to them, look, do the launch day and see what happens. And they had 31 volunteers on the day sign up. Yeah, extraordinary. I went to a club um, in Shropshire, um, you know, with three days notice. And they pretty much sort of dropped me in at the junior awards day and said, right, go and talk about this. Well, I didn't bother. I just showed the video. There were 200 people in the room. They all stood up and applauded. It was incredible, (laughs) incredibly moving moment. And following that... Forty-two people volunteered to get involved and run the Star Scheme. Well, unfortunately, we, can, you know, we didn't need forty-two people, but mm-hmm. but what that did was provide a platform for the whole club. Then these people are you know still actively involved in doing things. So that's what I would say is you know engage with it. The the um, what it provides is a focus for people's desire to make a difference. And what that flushes out is, you know, lots of volunteers.
0: Well, I think that sometimes rugby coaches are surprised that they are making a difference. They, uh, I I don't know what your experience of it is, but plenty of coaches and myself included have been uh, the last person to uh, step back when uh, the uh, who's going to coach their child's side, and then they become the coach, and they spend most of their time chasing their tails because they think oh, I'm going to do a Sunday morning session here and Sunday morning session there but they forget underneath that they are making a change so this is I I don't know if the right word is validating what they're doing and as you say they are uh, yeah I'm doing this but actually we can do this better but also I can get someone else who can help me to do it and that's uh, sharing the burden is one of the things that coaches I, well they need i mean you can't you can't do everything i probably end up doing most of the things but you can't do everything so in, in terms of uh, moving forward someone's listening in now they are excited about what they hear what happens
1: next there an um well what they can do is if they go to the website so www.starscheme.co.uk there is a um a button there that they can press and to say that they're, you know, they express an interest in, you know, either becoming a star club or volunteering in some way, um or they can simply call Christian on his personal mobile number. I'm quite happy for them to do that.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, what we'll do is we'll definitely we'll put the links on here, and uh, everyone now knows how old you are, Dan, because you said www. When you said a website,
2: and and he um, called it a button, which we've talked yeah. about so many times. I'm close to giving up.
0: <laughs> That's right.
2: 90% of my work in Star Scheme is educating Dan in the 21st century, but it's it's going quite well.
0: Yeah, so when he turned up to th- up with his Betamax videotape, uh, it was a bit of a disaster. What is Penny
2: Farthing? <laughs> yeah. I'm 37. <laughs> Years past. <passed.
0: Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so uh definitely go to go to the website, um, uh, you click the button, and then, then things, then things, then things start to happen. And um Also, I know that you've got uh, the website's got videos and information, and I know that you're very open to talk to people about how this works. Um, My my guess is, um, but you can tell me otherwise. Is it's not? There's no one. Each club has got its own challenges or its own specifics, and um, you're you're there to sort of help them through because some clubs have run five or six teams in every age group and some are struggling to get one or two out one one team out of an age group christian
2: yeah i mean it's it's it, i think it's probably the right time to say you know we don't come and do anything to your club um we will come and work with you you know we each of our clubs has commonality because we know what works and is successful it's commonality in approach and commonality in training however how that works in your rugby club is defined by you and the people that you have doing it in your rugby club will support you to do that because that what that creates is the longevity that means that not only does star scheme you know you can perpetuate through the rugby club and and the rec- recruitment and the training and all the benefit that comes with it but also you know the rugby club continues to grow and the community of the rugby club grows and that's then protects star scheme for as long as the rugby club exists if we come and do stuff to you and for you that lasts as long as as we last and as we just you know made reference to Dan might not have have long so you know we've got to think make sure we've got a model that protects him far more than that uh, and protects a scheme far more than that so we come and work with we don't come and do too um so if you you know if you, if you are listening and thinking well I'm not sure if that's stressful, we'll, we'll contact to us you know come and talk to us or, or make a phone call we'll talk through about how we can make it work with you because that is what we're interested in we don't know the answers yet all the solutions yet that are needed for your rugby club but we are sure as hell going to support you to find them and work through them you know that's that's what we're here for great
0: well i mean uh, first of all uh dan does look well uh, at the <laughs> moment for those people who are worried but overall i mean this is is this very exciting i think it's exciting given um we're, we've come out of covid and clubs are struggling in, in some senses uh for lots of different reasons some clubs have have really um, done extremely well, but I think we can all, we all clubs could benefit from this. Um, and it, it is often we forget it's all it's all about the individual. Uh, we're not trying to grow the next superstar to play for England. We're giving somebody an opportunity to be, I know it's a cliche, a better version of themselves uh, because it helps them, it helps everyone around them. And um, I know that you're not just looking at everybody but you're also helping those who just need a what did i say just need they probably just they need more than just need they need a lot of support to get them through and clubs um in particular can give them a a great environment and that environment's uh, perpetuated by good wise and careful, careful coaching so uh, thank you very much for your time i know you you've probably recovering from um a big dinner last night and I don't mean that in terms of um, the alcohol drunk, but the the fact that all the organization that went into it and all the stresses and strains that uh, come from pulling things together. So absolutely fantastic that you've been able to give us your time.
1: Uh, Thank, you, so, Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Is there anything you'd like
0: to add uh, apart from saying www.
1: No, I'm, I'm I'm hoping you'll delete that from this um podcast. <laughs> I, luckily I think no I'm gonna say it. a few
2: more times just to ensure that it is no. continually through the audio. What um, so Well,
1: enjoy. I would like what I would like to say is Dan that um, you know, thank you for providing this the platform. And you know, what you do is is really it it provides the opportunity for us to celebrate this incredible sport that we're all involved with. And, you know, given there's a lot of negative press out there, you know, around head injuries and um yeah, you know, clubs going under. There's there 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 are things that don't reflect well on our sport, and you know we've happened upon something where we actually get to celebrate the unique qualities of rugby and the difference it makes um, to young people and you know in broader communities. And um, so, thank you for the opportunity to um, to really you know shout about that and and uh, and you know great great what you're doing. So thank you too.
0: Well, thank you. That's very kind. And uh, I've certainly uh, been out on the road uh, the last couple of days in Sunderland and Gateshead, and uh, just seen the coaches there. It, that's exactly exactly that. There's fantastic things going on. Kids having an amazing experience, um, and this is this is all good for for everybody. So yeah, let's let's look at yeah the positives are amazing, and so let's keep celebrating those. So uh, Christian, do you want to have a a last word to make sure that Dan is—that um, Dan is saying no.
2: Dan, I can see Dan enthusiast, uh, enthusiastically suggesting I have the X factor, and that now is the time <laughs> to speak. bring it. Um, no, Dan, I just, uh, uh, I'd like to mirror what Dan said. That, um, thanks for the, that, uh, allowing us to come in and talk about what we're up to. It is, you know, I, as I said at the beginning, I've worked for twenty over twenty years in, in primary education. You know, I had a. In the words of my wife, you have a secure job with an excellent pension. Um, so to step out of that into something brand new, I mean, I hope Dan won't mind me saying At the point when I told him that, um, well, I think I kind of told him that I was going to run the star scheme for him, whether he liked it or not. And I resigned my from my successful career and at a point where there wasn't a job running the star scheme and there sure as hell wasn't funding to pay for anyone ridiculous enough to think there might be a job running the star scheme. And it says a lot about the nature of what we are doing or what we are witnessing and what we are supporting to happen that it's attracted the funding and the traction and the support it has. This, I've worked through my time working in education, I've worked with lots of really successful programs and interventions and schemes that support children and this was the first one that made me turned my head away from education and made me think this has to happen and at the time when I made that decision I when I first spoke to Dan I decided that whatever I could do to support it and help it I would do um, which my best friend described as being the first time in my life I'd ever been altruistic which I thought was a little unfair um but you know, I'm passionate about children having the best possible outcomes, particularly those most vulnerable children. And what the star scheme does is it ensures that the magic that happens in rugby happens for those children who need it the most. And it's just brilliant to be part of. And it's just a beautiful thing to see happening. And the fact that it already happens in rugby and all we're doing formalising it, it just makes it even better.
0: Great. And uh, I think a good, good summary of where you're at. You're not going into change um, change direction for a club. You're just helping them become better at what they do and uh, support. So it's fantastic. very Really interesting. I've learned a lot from this. Um, something that we definitely want to support. Um, and the podcast is a starting point, I, I hope. Um, as I said, all the links will be on the the website Uh, Not Christian's uh, personal number. Um, Dan's is available. Dan's is available, um, apparently, as well. (laughs) So, you might regret that. Um, So, just to uh, wrap up and say you've been listening to a Rugby Coach Weekly podcast. If you want to find out more about Rugby Coach Weekly, go to rugbycoachweekly.net. And for Dan, www.rubbycoachweekly.net, click on the podcast button. And, uh, you can find out more about this podcast and all our other podcasts. So, uh, just, um, for me to finish and say, if, um, Christian can recover, uh, thanks to Christian. Thank you, Dan. Thank you very much. And thanks to Dan. Thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you all very much for listening and we'll catch up with you very soon. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you've missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.